Well, it's good to have you in here, Cavanaugh Church. This is exciting. Uh, the last time we had a combined worship service was Christmas Day 2011, and I'm so glad that you made this church your choice today. Thank you for being here. Uh, we had a great uh, worship time, and now you're going to hear a very short message. Maybe. I don't know. At least it's that way on paper. We'll see what happens. Uh, we've been studying over the last few weeks uh, the Emmanuel prophecy. In fact, this journey began four weeks ago when we were finding Jesus in Old Testament passages. And we landed on Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, a prophecy spoken about the coming Christ child, Jesus Christ. And here's what Isaiah 7, 14 says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. That prophecy was ultimately fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1. Here it is in verse 22. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being translated is God with us. And I'm so thankful that God is with us today. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless your word as we read it, and I pray that it would challenge our hearts. Help us, dear Lord, to accept the divine assignment that you have for us. Lord, I know you have a job for each one of us to do, just as you did for Mary and Joseph. And I pray that we would willingly receive our assignment and do our duty in the kingdom of Christ. We ask this in your name. Amen. Now, sometime before Joseph was told this in Matthew's gospel, God was already at work in the life of this young virgin girl that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah and then later by Matthew. And just as the Gospel of Matthew tells us how the Emmanuel prophecy was at work in young Joseph's life, so the Gospel of Luke tells us how this Emmanuel prophecy, God with us, was at work in the life of a young girl named Mary. Her story is actually found in Luke's Gospel. So I want to take you over to Luke chapter 1, and today we're going to read about Mary. Last week we saw how the Emmanuel prophecy worked through Joseph's life. During his time of confusion, it gave him comfort and gave him answers. Today we're going to see how that same Emmanuel factor, God with us, is at work in Mary's life. I'll begin reading in Luke chapter 1 verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So we find in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel that the two most crucial human instruments in the great miracle of the incarnation were Joseph and Mary, just two young teenage kids. They each had assignments that were somewhat overwhelming to them. 
How in the world would they shoulder such a heavy load? Well, the answer is the Emmanuel prophecy was at work in their life. God was with them, and God is with us in our assignments as well. So far in this series, we've talked about how the Emmanuel prophecy works as God is with us in our struggles. And I'm glad it is because life is a struggle, is it not? I mean, we have good days, but we have some bad days too. And I'm certainly glad to know that God is with me when I am struggling through life. And then last week we learned that the Emmanuel prophecy is with us in our times of confusion. I mean, Joseph was very confused. He, he didn't know which way to turn. He didn't know what to do. Well, I've been there, haven't you? Wondering, what in the world am I going to do in this situation? It's great to know God is with me in times of confusion. And then today we're going to find out that this same Emmanuel prophecy is with us in our assignments. That is, the job that God has called us to do. And from Mary's experience, we learned something about the challenge of the assignment that God gives us. And let me tell you, what God calls us to is never easy, all right? God calls us to some pretty difficult tasks. God is always asking us to do something that on our own, we just can't accomplish it. It is only through His grace and His help that we can do what He has called us to do. Now, just the very fact that an angel appears to Mary, we just read about that in verses 22 and 23 of, of Luke, or 26 through 28 of Luke chapter 1, I, I think is enough to startle this young girl. Let me read on in verse 29. But when she saw him, that is the angel, Mary was troubled at his saying, and she considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The verse tells us she was troubled. Well, wouldn't you be troubled <laughs> if an angel just appeared and started talking to you about something God wanted you to do? But here's the thing. Mary was not troubled at the appearance of the angel. What she was troubled at with what was with what he was saying. She was troubled with what he said. Now, wrap your mind around that and start thinking about that because it's so important in our story today. Not only that, the verse tells us she considered what kind of greeting this was that he gave to her. Literally, what the verse means is she was saying that out loud. What does this mean? What is he trying to say to me? And then it infers that she was afraid because the angel spoke back to her and said, Mary, don't be afraid. Now, I want you to think about what Mary has just heard. Here is an angel sent from God, and the angel said to her in verse 28, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. The word favored there means God has graced you. So rejoice, highly favored one, highly graced one, because God is with you. Now, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? And then the angel repeats himself in verse 30. You have found favor with God. In other words, you have found the grace of God. Now, think about this, guys. That should have been comforting to Mary, shouldn't it? I mean, that would comfort me to know that God has graced me, to know that I have found the grace of God and he has bestowed that on me. It should have been comforting to her, but it was not. It was troubling to her. 
It troubled her. It made her afraid. The, aunt, the question is, why? Why, why, would, why, would that do, why would she be afraid instead of comforted? Well, I think Mary understood something. She understood that the announcement that the angel gave to her was also going to call for an assignment that she was supposed to do. It was going to be a great assignment. God was about to send Mary out on a mission. And I really thought at this point to have some Mission Impossible music playing. Not of the new movies. I'm talking about the 1960s television show. Anybody remember that one? But I thought, nah, this is Christmas. We don't want to bring Mission Impossible into this. But really, I mean, this is what it was for Mary. This was an impossible mission he was about to call her to. And I, and I think it would be a good time in my sermon just to stop and remind you that the Emmanuel prophecy is not something to just help us feel better about ourselves. Now, granted, it does that, and I'm thankful it does that, because it does make me feel better when I'm confused to know, you know what, God is with me, okay, I can handle this. It does make me feel better when I'm struggling through life to realize, you know what, Will, God is with you, but it's more than that. You see, God is closer than we think. God came near to us in the person of Jesus Christ because God had a job to do on planet earth. God himself was on a mission. He was about the task of redeeming a lost world. And the Emmanuel prophecy is not just about making us feel good when we're alone or when we're confused. No, the Emmanuel prophecy is given to us so that we can get God's work done. We have an assignment. And so this prophecy, God is with you, is given to us to know that we're not called to do this on our own. God is with us when he calls us. And so the angels came to announce to Mary and to Joseph that they would get to be a part of God's great mission, of God's great assignment. Now, if, if Mary was startled by the appearance and the announcement of this angel, she would be even more overwhelmed when she began to understand the scope of the challenge and the assignment that God was putting before her. Piece by piece, the plan unfolds, and with each piece of the puzzle going into place, this teenage girl is more overwhelmed. Look at verse 31. He said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something. Don't think about the manger scenes that you see today, the nativity scenes that are, that are out in the world today. Think about this young teenage girl, Mary, who's probably 13, 14 years old. This is overwhelming for her. Huh? She's engaged to Joseph and she knew in her mind and heart that she had not had sexual relationships with him. But now the angel says to her that she's going to give birth to a son. And she was to give him a very specific name. What was the name told her? Call him Jesus. Hmm. Jesus. We, we've studied that four weeks ago, remember? 
discovering Jesus in the book of Joshua. It's the, the Hebrew name Joshua. It's where Jesus come from. It, it means the Lord is salvation. She was about to give birth to the one who would bring salvation, not only to her people, but to the human race. The angel continues with the announcement, and when he is through, there's going to be no doubt left in Mary's mind that God is up to something huge here. Look at verse 32. Speaking of Jesus, he said, He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Hallelujah. And let me unbelievable as well. Mary comes to understand that she is going to carry in her womb and give birth to the child of God, the Son of God, the long-awaited Messiah, the answer to the heart cry of Israel. That is an awesome assignment. Would you not agree? And with each unfolding piece of the plan, Mary feels more and more inadequate. Remember, she's just a teenager. Some people believe she may have been as young as 12 years of age. No doubt she was no older than 16. And she is being asked to shoulder an enormous assignment. This young girl had probably never been out of her village, Nazareth. We know that she was unschooled. Therefore, she must have been asking herself the question, can somebody like me do this? I wonder, have you ever asked that question? God, God has called you to an assignment. Maybe it's a ministry assignment. Maybe God is telling you, you know what, you need to teach that, that young young children's class, or you need to be a teen leader, you need to teach that Sunday school class, or you need to be in this group, or you need to do this ministry in the church. It could be something outside the realm of the church. God may be calling you to a new job, or you have a new baby, or you've been assigned to go to a new school, and you're asking yourself the question, can somebody like me do this? I guarantee you, I have asked myself that question numerous times. How can somebody like me do the task that God has called? Can somebody like me do this? The answer is yes, you can. But only with the help of the Emmanuel prophecy. When you begin to consider the great challenge of your assignment, you may be asking yourself the same question Mary asked in verse 34. How can this be? I mean, how can something like this happen since I do not know a man? Now, here's what I'm impressed with. I am impressed with Mary's perplexity that it's not rooted in God-doubt, but it's rooted in self-doubt. She asked, how can this be? She didn't question whether God could do it, because God can do anything. What she was questioning is, how can this be with me? How can this be since I am a virgin? And now God has Mary just where he wants her. Because when we ask that, God has us just where he wants us. When we face the challenge of our assignments and know that we can't do it without God's help. 
We know we can't do it without his power. For you see, Mary's experience shows us something about the challenge of our own assignments. And it also speaks to us about, number two, the source of our strength. Mary's question, how, how can this be, is a very practical question. She knows from a human perspective that she has not had sexual relationships with her boyfriend, Joseph, or any other man. But to have the child of God, and on top of that, this child is to be the Savior of the world. How? How? Well, verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, how? He said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is born will be called the Son of God. Now guys, I could spend 30 minutes exegeting this passage of Scripture and talking some pretty heavy theology to you about the incarnation, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. But let me just suffice it to say, what verse 35 is talking about is a miracle. Okay? That's all it is. A miracle is something that cannot be explained by human reasoning. It's something that God does out of the realm of our understanding. And the virgin birth is a miracle. It is the power of God being fleshed out and worked through the body and the life of a teenage girl. But you know what? That is the source of our strength to shoulder any assignment that God gives to us. You see, God is in the business of taking unlikely people and unlikely situations and doing some pretty amazing things. That's what's cool about God. God likes to, take, God likes to do the extraordinary through ordinary people. And I'm thankful that he does. He gives another example to Mary about how all this works in verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. So God's doing a miracle in, in Elizabeth's life as well. She was barren. She is now an old woman, but she's six months pregnant. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Can I tell you, verse 37 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Isn't that awesome? For with God, nothing will be impossible. With man, that's not the case, is it? There are plenty of things that are impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. God's power is the source of our strength for the assignments that are placed upon us. You see, God's presence comes with God's power. So here's what we learned so far. Number one, God will call us. I don't care who you are, God has an assignment for your life. God has a job or jobs for you to do. And as God calls you to these divine assignments, he also gives you the power to accomplish them. The third thing is this. It's really in the form of a question. What about our availability? Hmm? God wants to do extraordinary things through ordinary people who are overshadowed by his power and his presence. The question is, are you allowing him to do that in your life? More specifically, here's a question for I, ha I have for you to think about this morning. Are, are you involved in anything 
right now, are you involved in anything that is so over your head that you know you can't do it without God's power? Are you? I know that many people live their entire lives carefully controlling things so that they will never get themselves into a situation where they are over their heads. You know people like that? Maybe you are one. If that's the way you're trying to live your life, you will never grow spiritually deeper and bigger than you are right now. Now, why do I say that? Well, because growth doesn't come, spiritual growth doesn't come just from sitting on your couch reading your Bible. Now, spiritual growth comes from that, but that's not all there is to spiritual growth. It comes by accepting the assignments that God gives to you. And as you accept these assignments that you know you can't do on your own, you discover the excitement that Peter must have felt when Jesus invited him to step out of the boat and onto the water. To live for just an instant, totally sustained by the power of God. There's nothing like that. There is nothing like that. And let me tell you, God has something like that for you. And I'm not talking about just your big calling in life. My big calling is doing something that I am totally inadequate to do on my own. I'll tell you, when I was a little kid, I would never have dreamed of doing what I'm doing now. I didn't think I was made for that. And I'm not. If you only knew <laughs> all of my inadequacies, I can only do it through the power of God. But you know what? It, it continues. It continues. Let, let me just give you a, an up-close personal story about, about this in my life. Uh, my daughter Callie's at, over in the Philippines, and Callie's really sick today, so please pray, pray for Callie, okay? Uh, but Angie and I get to go see her at the end of January. All the parents of these uh, kids in Adventures of Mission get to fly over and, and see their kids and, and be involved in them in some kind of ministry work and activity. And, and we are so excited. Number one, we want to see our girl. Right? It's, been, it's been several months since we've seen her. But then, number two, we get to work with them in, in a ministry setting. And I was pretty jacked about that. I thought, cool, man. I wonder, I wonder how many thousands of people I'm going to get to preach to. Because that's what I like to do. I like to preach. And whether it's 10 people or 10,000 people, you just get me up there, man. I can do it. I can preach. God made me to preach. But that's not the assignment we've been given. Callie sent us a text. I read it to you last week. She said, I'm so excited about our ministry opportunity. We're going to be going to the red light district of Manila. Right there, warning flags are coming up in my head. I don't hang out in red light districts. Okay? She said, more than that, we're going to go into bars. I don't go into bars. As far as I know, I've, I've never been into a honky-tonk bar in my life. I don't hang out places like that. I don't, I'm very uncomfortable in scenarios like that. She said, what we're going to do is pay young girls who would be paying for sex. We're just going to pay them to sit at a table and talk to them. We're paying them for their time to talk to them about Jesus. It does sound awesome. 
But I'm saying to myself, Lord Jesus, are you serious? I'm going to be doing that? I'm not comfortable doing that, Lord. And, and it's like he was laughing at me in heaven. I know. Isn't this great, he said? You old man, 55-year-old preacher that's comfortable in preaching, preaching in front of 10,000 people. Isn't it great that I'm getting you out of your comfort zone? And I mean, it's something I can't back out of. But that's awesome. Because here's, here's what I know is going to happen. God is going to stretch me. I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm going to get into some situations where I won't have any control over it. And I'm going to have to be depending upon God. Isn't that what it's all about, though? Those are the assignments that he's giving to us. Now, I don't know and understand exactly how all of this works out. I just know that it's true that in, in these matters, the challenge that God gives us becomes our choice. God brings these challenges, but they're also our choice. God's challenge becomes our choice. Will I say yes to God's call? Will I yield myself completely to the assignment that he's given me? Will I release all of my worries and anxieties and fears and my own inadequacies over to God just as Mary did? When she said this in verse 38... Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. 